0: Say This is God's Word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's Word, word. not Pastor Eben's Word. word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can can be who it says I can be. be be. And I will have what it says I can have. have Today, Today. I will hear hear the Word of God. I boldly declare... That my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, my ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for what has taken place today. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be not only acceptable to you, but, Father, it will feed your people your word. I pray for every married couple in the room today, Lord, and even those who are watching. And I pray, Father, that you will strengthen them, you will encourage them, that, Father, you will show them that all things are possible through Christ Jesus. And I pray today that the word will reach hearts flesh so that Lord the word will be heard received, believed and acted on and I declare that every married couple at Word of Truth Family Church that their marriage will bring you glory and the light that's shining from the marriage will encourage people outside of them and when people meet them they will know that something is different about their relationship And so I thank you today, and as I step back, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering in ways that I could not have even imagined. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Well, good to see you this morning. We're in our final week of our relationship series here for the month of February. Now, if you've been visiting us, or if this is your first time, We've been taking the whole month of February and uh, we've separated our Sunday morning services into relationship status. So this service, everybody say this service, this service is actually for married people and uh, our 11 o'clock service is for singles. So if you didn't know that and you're single, just sit in the house and you hopefully can learn some things if you decide to get married one day. Can you say amen to that? Now, as a quick reminder, uh, I kicked the marriage series off by talking about stewarding your marriage. Everybody say stewarding your marriage. Then the second uh, uh, message that I did was was quite informational and quite comical, and it was on start having sex. And let me just say this. Some of the things that I have said throughout this four-week series, the reason I have said them is because of the reason why I started doing this. So let me explain to you briefly why I separate our our church. So years ago, I used to do marriage and single conferences. And what would happen is the people who needed it the most would not come. And what was happening is my counseling, or I'm going to call spiritual advisement for couples, was stacking up. Because, you know, what happens is uh, they'd run into some issues and, and then the people that really needed counseling wouldn't come. And so finally I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't know what to do. And so he gave me this idea. He says, you know what? Separate your church. 9 o'clock, talk to your married people. 11 o'clock, go to your single people. And he says, whatever you would say back there in counseling, say it out here. So that's why I say some of the stuff I've been saying because it would be stuff I would say back there. So just look at your spouse and say, he's going to say something crazy again today. So we discussed start having sex. Hopefully you're using the card that I gave you that says I'm ready. Is that what it said? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) The third week we talked about, which was last week, we talked about loving by faith. And so today our final lesson is entitled Harmonizing Hearts. And the goal of the message today is to help couples maintain what I'm going to call healthy heart attitudes toward each other so that you can live together in peace, love and unity. Because there's nothing like being in a home where there is strife and contentment or discontentment. Amen. Amen. So your heart, everybody say my heart, your heart is the most important area of your life. I'm talking about as an individual, because if your heart is not right as an individual, your hearts cannot be right as couples. Amen. And so if life starts from the heart, because it does, Proverbs 4.23, they're going to put it up there. It's in the NIV version that I'm reading. It says, above all else, guard or protect your heart. Why? Because everything you do flows from your heart. So not only does life come from your heart, listen to me, married couples, but your heart is the place where you believe from. Romans 10.10 says, for with the heart, man believes so here we go our heart determines the life that comes from it our heart also is where we believe from but also your heart is the place where you love from amen matthew chapter 22 verses 36 in the king james version this was jesus talking someone came and asked him a question he says master which is the great commandment of the law and so jesus answered him and it says You shall love, everybody say love. Love. You shall love the Lord your God with how much? All All of your what? All of your heart. So where do we love from? We love from the heart. So if our hearts are where we, watch this, where life comes from, if our heart is where we believe from, if our heart is where we love from, then we must make sure our hearts stay right. And here's the thing, because our hearts are the most critical parts of us, if we let our heart get off, it's going to negatively affect our whole life. And the goal of the enemy is to get your heart off. This is why offense is one of the biggest issues in a relationship. And here's the thing, offense is the forerunner to unforgiveness. Because people, when they get offended, then the the, the end result of offense, if you don't deal with it, is unforgiveness. And so he wants you and I to get our hearts off because if our hearts get off, our life gets off. If our life gets off, our relationships will get off. So here's the question. How does our hearts get off? as married people well that brings up the first point point. and if you're taking notes or if you have the notes you can go along with me here's point number one is this is how our heart gets off believing a lie changes our eye everybody say believing a lie changes our eye in other words once you believe a lie about your spouse it changes how you see them Satan is the father of lies he's not just you know we say devil you a lie no he's not just a lie he's the father of lies and all lies listen they come from him and so he's the father of lies and he uses lies to produce deception in our life now I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 3 because I want to show you how lies can cause your eyes to see your spouse differently And most people have not learned how to catch the lies. And this is what happened in the uh, Adam and Eve's relationship with God. Is the devil caused them to see something different because he gave a lie to them. Watch this, Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, yes, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden'?" Because anytime the devil's getting ready to try to bamboozle you, he's going to cause you to question what God has said. Did God really say you should have married him? Did God really say you should have married her? That ain't what you said when you was at the altar. He says, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the trees, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, we shall not eat it, neither shall we touch it, lest we die. Watch verse four. Here's where the lie comes in. And the serpent said to the woman, read it with me, church, you shall not surely die. Well, that means somebody's a lie. Because God told them, the day you eat this fruit, you're going to die. And so now the devil is saying, you're not going to die. So then he says, for God knows in the day you shall eat it. Watch this. Then your eyes will be what? Opened and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Now listen. Lies change what you see. Because they knew the truth. When they saw that tree... That tree should have reminded them of what God said to them, which was, if you eat that, you're going to die. So, in other words, what they saw when they looked at that tree should have been God's commandment to them that if you eat that, you're going to die. But when a lie came across, watch this now, it changed what they saw. Why? Because now he said something. He lied. Say, oh, no, God, you ain't going to die. Which now changes what she saw from God's commandment to what she wanted and so she went ahead and ate it and that's what lies do to relationships. They change the way you see a person. Here's a thought for you. Look at Revelation chapter 12 verse 10. It says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren, watch this, that's the devil, he's cast down And he's accusing us or them before God day and night. Listen to this. If the devil is constantly trying to accuse us before God with facts, because yeah, you did it. Look at your neighbor and say, you did it. Yeah, if he's trying to accuse us before God daily with facts that are true, How much more is he trying to constantly get us to believe lies about our relationship and our spouse? And here's the bad thing. These lies are so subtle, most people never catch them before they start believing them. See, remember the Bible says in Genesis that Satan was subtle. So these lies are not gonna come like full blown. These lies, they come in, in, in subtle ways. And so I'm gonna give you an example of what I mean. Let's, let's, let's say for instance, you know, you put some clothes in the cleaners and, uh, you didn't have time to go by and pick them up. So you asked your spouse to pick them up. And so they said, okay, honey, whether man or lady, uh, I'll go by and pick them up. And, and, uh, uh, and, and so they come home that evening and you ask them, Hey, did you get a chance to pick up the clothes from the cleaners? And they said, Oh, oh I forgot. And let's say the cleaners is already closed and an outfit that you wanted to wear the next day is still in the cleaners. Now, I know that ain't happened to nobody in the room. (laughs) Nobody. And so now, watch this now. The enemy says something subtle. Like, see, they don't care about you. The problem is, we don't associate, listen, the thoughts that come from the devil as the voice of the devil. See, we think that the thoughts are ours. And so we, see, see, they don't care about you. I don't never not pick up their clothes. So they don't care. What you don't know is that's a subtle thought. That comes from the devil. But if you, listen, and what most people do is they don't do anything with that, th- that thought. They just let it sit. Instead of saying, no, 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 my 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 wife cares for me in Jesus' name. You know, because the reality of the whole thing is you have a forgetful spouse. It ain't got nothing to do with them not caring about you. They just don't remember. They done left their own clothes in the cleaners. They left the clothes that they wanted to put in the cleaners at the house. So it ain't about them not caring about you. They're just forgetful. But if you don't do something with that thought, which is a lie, which is the voice of the devil. That thought will sit. And watch this now. The thought does not go away. Here's what happens. It stays until something else happens. And then the lie is retold. See, they don't care about you. It don't even have to be the same thing. He lies again. And if you don't do something with that lie, you will believe that lie. And now that lie is breaching you between you and your spouse. And you wonder why. You don't feel the same way no more. I wonder how many lies have been built up in your heart and in your mind about your spouse that's not even true but it's true to you because you decided to believe it. Eventually, you will believe the lie because some actions line up with the lie that they may have done when the truth is It ain't got nothing to do with that. So watch this now. Once you believe the lie, it will change how you see your spouse. Therefore, it's going to change your attitude towards your spouse. Therefore, it's going to change your actions towards your spouse. So now, here's a take-home statement. Everybody say, take-home statement. You must bring down what you don't want to come back up. You must bring down What you don't want to come back up. If you don't want to bring it, if you don't bring it down, it's going to come back up. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verses three. Most of us have heard the verse, but I want to tie this verse into how we deal with these lies. Because a lot of you are wrestling with lies, but you don't know that you are. Now you say, well, pastor, my husband is a liar. My wife is a liar. That's not, pastor, a lie. They lie, pastor. We're going to deal with that too. That's going to be the next point in just a minute. Here's a take-home statement. Or oh, here's Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. He says, "But though we walk in the flesh, we do not war or fight after the flesh. For the weapons that we fight with, church, they're not fleshly or carnal. But these weapons are mighty through God. And these weapons allow us to pull down strongholds. These weapons allow us to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And these weapons help us to bring into captivity. Read these next two words. How much? In other words, the weapons of our warfare that God's given us, these weapons allow us to bring into captivity every thought. So these thoughts will obey Christ. And so what happens, this is why you can't let lies sit. Because if you let them sit, their seeds, seeds will eventually become a harvest. So what you have to do, you have to bring the lie down. You say, well, pastor, how do I do that? Let's say, for instance, that was the scenario, your husband or wife did not pick up the clothes from the cleaners, and the thought was they don't care about you. Watch this now. Let me just give you reality. He puts gas in your car. She cooks your food. She takes, she fixes your lunch before you go. Uh, he He bought you some flowers last week. You know, all these things showing that they care. So what you got to do, you got to bring that lie down. So how do you do it? Well the best way to bring a lie down is to bring your voice up. See, thoughts can only be stopped with words. You don't fight thoughts with thoughts. No, you fight thoughts with words. That's why you have to remember now, listen now, when the devil talks, he talks in thoughts. I'm going to say that again. When the devil talks, he talks in thoughts. So what you have to do is do what Jesus did, because when the devil was tempting him, he was tempting Jesus with doubts. He said, oh, uh, Jesus, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down and, you know, and God, will, angels will catch you. Jesus didn't just sit there and fight him with a thought. He said, oh, no, 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 no. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord. Get thee behind me, Satan. You know, that's what you know, because some of y'all need to get him behind you. And he says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. He opened his mouth up to bring down the thought. And if you will check yourself, if you have running thoughts, the only way to stop them is you got to talk. Because you can't hardly talk. And this is why, you know, when you're in, uh, you know, discussions with each other. <laughs> it's very hard. To pay attention to what the person is saying because you're thinking about what you're going to say. So how do we keep our hearts right toward each other as married couples? Here's point number two. Love must prevail or your relationship will fail. Everybody say love must prevail or your relationship will fail. Now remember I said we love from where church? We love from our hearts. Well... God made sure that we were able to love like him. So you know what he did? He put his love inside of our heart. Romans chapter 5 verse 3. It says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience. And patience experience. And experience hope. And hope makes not ashamed. Watch this. Read it with me. Because the love of God... Is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Notice that it didn't say that the love has been poured in our hearts. It said God's love was poured in our hearts. See, the problem with some of us is we're trying to love with human love. Well, that's what the world has. No, no, no. God said, you know what? I want them to be able to love like me. And this is why men, you and I as men, we're able to love our wives as Christ loves the church because the same love that Christ has for the church, God put inside of our heart by way of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has been, has shed, and that word shed means poured. He's poured the love that God has in our hearts. So what kind of love does God have? First Corinthians 13 verse 4. I'm reading out of the NIV version. It says love is patient. Now you have to remember, this description of love is not just what God wants us to do. This description of love is what God does and it's who he is. So when it says love is patient, we can say God is patient. Love is kind. God is kind. Love does not envy. God does not envy. It is not boastful. God is not boastful, even though he could boast. God is not proud because love is not proud. Look in verse 5. Love is not what? Rude. Love is not what? Self-seeking. Love is not? Now, notice it didn't say love didn't get angry. It said easily angry. I mean, it's okay. The Bible says be angry, but sin not. So he's saying, it's okay if you want to get mad. Don't just start throwing pots and pans though. (laughs) Love is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. Love always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always preserves. Love, read it with me, never fails. So here's the question, if love never fails, why do relationships fail? It's because we fail to love. And now listen, and and I'm not just referring to being able to love a person when they have done you wrong. Because that's the way we view love. You know, I have to love them because they did this or they didn't do this, right? No, no, no. I'm also referring to being able to love your spouse enough to not do them wrong. You remember uh, the Bible says, Jesus said, if you love me, he says, you will keep my commandments. Y'all, y'all ever read that verse? Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, but also, what that also is saying is, if I don't keep his commandments, I'm showing him that I don't love him. Are you with me? Okay, so as couples... When we love each other, if we have the kind of love that God has for, for uh, each other, then that love should restrain us from sinning against each other. I ought to love Sharice enough to not do Sharice wrong. Can I get an amen from the church? Now, does that mean we have to live a life of perfection? No, nobody's perfect. However, you can't continue to say that you love somebody and you continue to sin against them. So how does this happen? Well, I'm going to call it the four poisons of love. So look at your spouse and ask them, you've been drinking poison lately. Here's poison number one. I'm talking about now how people end up... Uh, uh, not loving here's the poison number one the poison of love it's sin and this is where a person allows their flesh to get involved in sinful activities that slowly but surely array erodes that person's love and respect for not only God's word but their relationship because see church let me tell you something about sin you can't play with sin now people be like well sin you know uh, uh, sin wasn't fun. No, no, the Bible says sin was pleasurable for a season. Amen. Seeing though can make your heart grow cold co- towards Christ. And if your heart grows cold co- towards Christ, your heart will grow cold towards your spouse. Hebrews 3.13 says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest watch this, any of you be hardened, that takes place in the heart, through the deceitfulness of sin. Listen to that in the New Living Translation. You must warn each other every day while it is still today, so that none of you will be d- deceived by sin and hardened against God. Listen to the Living Bible. Speak to each other about these things every day. While there's still time so that none of you will become hardened against God, being blinded by the glamour of sin. When you get involved in sin as a a spouse of a a married relationship, that sin affects your relationship. It, It affects it. And what you don't know is... If you stay in it long enough, your sin will find you. It does. And really what you're asking God to do is to find you anyway. Because a threefold cord is hard to be broken, right? God God, God, God is not going to... The Bible says, be not deceived, God is not mocked for whatever a man sows. That's how they reap, right? Uh, Matthew chapter 24... Verse 10, uh, I'm going to read in verse 11, because this was Jesus talking about what's going to happen in the at the end of the world. And he says, many false prophets shall arise. I believe that. Listen, don't be following all these self-proclaimed prophets on the Internet. They got no fruit. They have no pastor. And yet you listen, you living off their word. Oh, they told me this. Well, why don't you listen to your pastor's word like that? Amen. Amen. It says many false prophets shall arrive. Watch verse 12. And because of iniquity, that's sin. Or it says iniquity, iniquity shall abound. And watch what happens. And the love of many shall wax cold. Matthew twenty four twelve. Sin, this is in the New Living Translation, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. Do you know sin will cause your heart to grow cold? Say amen to that. So the first poison is sin. Everybody say sin. Here's poison number two is selfishness. If you wanted to be selfish, you never should have gotten married. And this is where a person's focus in the relationships shifts from satisfying the other person to having self-satisfaction. In other words, their main objective now is personal happiness at all costs. What you gonna do for me? Who is that? Shaka Khan? Who is that? Shaka Khan, y'all remember that song? What you gonna do for me? What you gonna do for me? When the chips are. Y'all ain't heard that song? How many heard that song before? Raise your hand. All over 50, all over 50. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Your relationship, it becomes about you. What they gonna do, what they haven't done. Amen. And And love wasn't described that way. In 1 Corinthians 13, 5, again, I'm going to read out an amplified version. It says, love is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, nor is it self-seeking. See, if it's all about you now... You have shifted from love to selfishness. Here's poison number three, stinking thinking. And this is where a person's mind has allowed themselves. they gone from being spiritual to carnal because let me tell you something, your mind is like a rubber band. It will go back to where it came from. And so now, now you're back cussing. I'm talking to some people in the room today. you back cussing. Now y'all cussing each other but Y'all was doing that when you first got when you first got married and you didn't know the Lord and, and you ain't there at the level you at. Y'all was just cussing each other out. And then you start growing in the Lord, start coming to word of truth. Yeah. Start getting word of truth. in you. And now you done stop cussing and everything. And now you just, your mind uh-huh. done went. It's, it's going back. Because your mind, if you do not keep your, that's why it says, and be renewed. In the renewing of your mind, now your mind is going back, right? Well, stinking thinking does that. And what will happen is you'll get back involved in sinful stuff, illegal pleasures. You're on the internet looking at stuff you shouldn't be looking at. Improper material, improper conversation. Let me tell you something. There's an issue if your spouse does not know your passcode on your phone. Now, I don't know first ladies because it's more than four numbers. She has tried to get me to remember this number. I can't remember the number. So I don't care what her phone, what's in her phone. Right? But some of you, you treat your phone like a safe. Okay, let me keep going because I don't have no time. Here's poison number four. These are things that that causes love to erode. And that is sidekicks. Everybody say sidekicks. This is where the compromising activities and sometimes the sinful habits of friends and associates and social companions. This is where they begin to influence you. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He that walks with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Listen to the New Living Translation. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Here's a message translation. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Let's go to the next level. The Amplified Version says do not be deceived and misled evil companionships communions uh, associations corrupt and depraved good manners and morals and characters in other words who you hang out with can mess your life up so here's the last one how do we maintain harmonious hearts toward one another cause see you always want to have that connection with your spouse see me and first lady coming up on our first anniversary yeah and It's been good, I'm telling you. I'm like, I hope all the couples that were the truth can experience this right here, boy. And people be like, well, you just wait. Now you wait. Yes. Point number three. Here we go. We're closing with this. When you forgive, you live. When you don't, your relationship won't. Forgiveness not only keeps you in harmony with your spouse, but it keeps you in harmony with God. Mark chapter eleven 24, I'm going to read verses 26 or verse 25. Jesus was talking about faith and prayer. And he says, and when you go pray, forgive if you have ought against your spouse. Why? So that your father, which is in heaven, can forgive you your trespasses. But if you don't forgive your spouse, neither will your father in heaven forgive you. See, forgiveness is your way of showing God that what someone did to you can never be compared to what Jesus did for you. Did you get that? I'm going to say it again. Forgiveness is your way of showing God that what your spouse may have did to you can never be compared to what Jesus did for you. So here's the question. Is your heart straight? Is it straight? Look at your spouse. Just look at your spouse and I want you to ask them, is your heart straight? Is your heart straight? Is your heart straight? Here's the question. If it's not straight, ask God to clean it up. David said, create in me a clean heart. Listen, here's the next question. Do you easily forgive? And if you don't, why not? I can give you one of the reasons why you may not easily forgive, pride. Here's number three. Some of you in the room need to let God reset your heart today because it can be better. See, the goal is not to have a stagnant relationship. The goal is to get closer and closer and closer to the point where you're sitting next to each other in a room with a full of people and you know what each other's thinking. It's when you can anticipate the need that someone had, that your spouse has without them even communicating. It's when you can say something to them and they can still feel those goosebumps like, oh my God. I was just at, uh, Sharice and I were just at my, my pastor's, uh, conference for pastors, uh, families and, and their wives and, and, uh, He had asked Pastor Bridget, his wife, he said, baby, what can I do to make you happy? And here is what her response was. What makes you think I'm not already happy? I'm wondering, have you substituted tolerance for being happy? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I believe some of you need to get your hearts reset today. Because here's what's happening. In the natural, your actions reflect and look like things are normal. In other words, whatever things you would do, you're still doing them. But your heart is off though. Something has happened. Something was said. Something was done. And you have not communicated that. And for some reason, it's gotten you off. And it's causing you to feel a certain type of way. And the devil does not want you to say nothing about it because if it comes in the light, it can't defeat you. But if it stays in the dark, he'll beat you. So, maybe you need a heart reset today. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for giving us a demonstration of what true love is all about. Because you loved us so much, even while we were yet sinners, you sent your Son, because of your love for us, to die for us. And then you shared your love in our hearts by your Holy Spirit when we accepted Christ as our Savior. And Lord, there are couples in this room who, whose hearts, maybe individually, need to be reset. And so I pray right now in the name of Jesus that right now they will allow themselves to get a reset. I want you to, I want everybody to repeat after me. Say, Lord, I need you to reset my heart today. Things have happened. Issues have come up. I've become offended. I've had problems and my spouse has too. But I don't want those things to get in the way of loving them like you do. So I'm asking you now to reset my heart today and then cleanse it and heal it and deliver it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. But every head still about If you die today, here's my question to you. Because you may be visiting or you just may be here and you've never made...